0: <laughs> are we doing this really wait for it are we doing this wait for it oh, what the fuck you and it's also eh, what the fuck what's wrong with me it's time for wtf what the fuck with mark Maron. all right let's do this how are you what the fuckers what the fuck buddies what the fucking ears what the fucking nicks what the fuck amolens? I am Mark Marin. This is WTF Live at the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York. Again, what a great crowd. What an amazing show we have planned for you. There's more guests than you can ever imagine just behind that curtain. Yeah. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, this, I Look, it was, it was touch and go for a couple of days since I got here. No, I can't even, like, I don't even know how to talk about this because I don't want to sound anti-Semitic. <laughs> As a Jew, I don't want to sound anti-Semitic. But here's how it started. And, and then I'll, I got a lot of guests, so I don't want to ramble on forever. So I land in New York City at Kennedy. I got a car service. I'm not a big celebrity, but I wanted a car service. That's not asking too much, right? So I called the car service with my confirmation number, and they said, okay, keep your eye out for a black Camry. A Camry. I literally had a moment where I'm like, a fucking Camry? Is that what this has come to? You can't send me a shitty town car so I can at least feel like I'm being driven by a car service? I got to get in the back of a Camry with some guy who's going to be right there? There's no elegance or importance to that. So I was pissed off about that. And then because there's a Dunkin' Donuts right there where you get the baggage at JFK, I don't know, there's some part of my brain that I'm starting to believe is 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 driven by Satan where if I see a Dunkin' Donuts, I'm like, fuck, I got to get Dunkin' Donuts. Then that coffee does something to me. There's something wrong with it. I don't know what's in it, but it creates a lot of turmoil in my brain, and it creates a rage I can't contain if, if everything doesn't go well when I'm on Dunkin' Donuts coffee. So I go out, and I see my Camry guy with the number, I get in, and you know, I don't want to judge, but he's one of them. Um, It's not racist. Wherever you went with that will define your own racism. (laughs) It's on you. It's on you. Whatever you just did in your head, that's who you are. But I get in, and immediately, it's like a brand new Camry, so he's like, you know, you know pull down, the, you know, pull down that, the, the, the armrest where the thing, he's concerned that I'm going to spill my Dunkin' Donuts in his car, and that's all he's concerned about, and the seat's uncomfortable, and he's right there, I can see the back of his neck, he keeps looking back like I'm a child who can't fucking drink in a car, like I'm going to let any of that sacred juice spill out, that shit is so fucking intense. So I'm protecting my coffee. And then he fucking just goes, and he sneezes. He doesn't cover his fucking face. So now I'm in this viral container getting jacked up on Dunkin' Donuts. And he's a complete asshole. Fine. All right. But then I drive to a hotel. Usually I stay at the Le Bleu. The Le Bleu Hotel. But this time I was at a place called The Condor. I didn't know what it was. All right. It was just another boutique hotel and it's in Brooklyn so I signed off on it. And I'm like, okay. And I didn't know where I was going. So then we drive into, like, Jewish colonial Williamsburg. And, and you know, we, we drive in, and I see them, you know, and I, and I have a visceral reaction to them. And I'm a Jew, but when I see them, I'm literally like, oh, God, they're here. They're there. They're there. they're all around. It's like that. Like, I freak the fuck out, you know, because they're, they're, they're in a time warp. It's not Poland. It's not 1850, you know, and... And they, they, I don't know, I cannot identify what happens in me, but all I knew was, like, this is fucked up. I don't want to fucking be here. Are you kidding me? They dropped me off in front of this hotel that's right on Franklin Street and, and by Fleshing Street. I don't even know where that is, but all I know is that I was across the street from the Sukkot Depot. All right? Jews know what that is. Sukkot is a holiday where you build a hut and you dangle fruit from the fucking ceiling. So... Not only is it, is it happening apparently, but they're the Suko Depot where you could get a Suko was right there. And I'm like, this is so fucking crazy. And I was immediately miserable because they, they just freaked me out. I don't even know how to handle them. And I don't know if it's anti-Semitic or not they creep me out they fucking creep me out I'll just be honest you know and I think in some in some part of my brain I was taught somehow that they're the real Jews and you should respect them until like when I lived on the Lower East Side I'd see them cruising for hookers on 2nd Avenue I'm like I thought how could they're all rabbis in my head why is a rabbi getting a hooker you know So I get out, and I'm freaked out, and, and then, like, I realize the hotel's owned by Hasidim. They didn't have Hasidim work there, because who the fuck would go to that hotel? But <laughs> I don't want to be anti-Semitic. This is just my feelings, and I think it's, it's more some weird humiliation thing with me. So, and then they give me a room that has two twin beds. And my first thought was, like, is this part of the religion? I mean, it, do they have another room? It, it, do you, are we supposed to sleep like it's 1950? And I'm alone, but I didn't want to sleep in a fucking children's bed, so... And they said, no, we don't have any other rooms, and then I'm furious, because Anthony Bourdain's supposed to come, and I got to interview him, and, uh, and he's meeting there, like ten minutes after I get there, he's meeting me at this hotel, I'm in a strange place with these strange Jews around, and I'm literally about to complain to Anthony Bourdain, who goes into real strange places, you know, like, I had to stop myself from going, yeah, I don't know, they're all over, you know, and... He, you know, he comes, we do the interview, it's fine, and, but I'm livid, I can't get anywhere. You know, It's not near anything, it's not by Bedford Street, there's nowhere to walk, there's no place to eat unless you want to eat at some freaky time zone, yeah, whatever. The only fucking subway is the G, the fucking G, who the, what, they useless. I mean, you might as well say like, you're on the moon, good luck, the G? And that, that's how angry I was, though, because I'm like, is there a subway nearby? And the guy at the desk goes "The G, and I'm like, fuck that. Who the fuck even uses that train? It never comes. It's, it shouldn't even exist. So I'm furious, and I call the people that are in charge of me, and I'm not a prima donna, but I'm like, you got to get me the fuck out of here. And the cell phone didn't work in the building, so then I'm like, this is part of the Kabbalah conspiracy. They, they know my feelings against my own people. They don't think I'm a real Jew, and now I can't call for help. So I go out on the street to use my cell phone, and I'm, I see them all, They're all over, and they're going into buildings and things. And... They're freakish, man. They're, they're like, they're, they're just, they're, they're Semitic hillbillies, all right? They're, they're, they're inbred. I mean, some woman was, with her fucking wig on, was rolling a blonde child with the, a blonde child with curls down the street, one eye in his forehead. Look at that. But they probably think, like, it's the Messiah. So I think I'm being too hard on them. But I, and I think it's my own problem but they're giving me the stink eye. Like there's three of them across the street looking at me like I'm fucking weird. I'm like, like, whatever. (laughs) And then a cab pulls up because I was waiting for a cab. This was the the most telling moment to me. I'm waiting for a cab and I'm screaming on the phone like before the cab gets there. I'm like, they're all over. I can't even, I'm afraid to say fuck, but I'm fucking pissed. I probably just upset a rabbi, you know? And and then a cab pulls up because I need to get a cab and I open it and it's got, there's three of them in there. Like, the, like I, I open the cab, and I just see this old man with the curls and the beard, and there were two women in there, and this is what I did. I open it, and I'm like, oh, sorry, and I shut the door. <laughs> like, I, in my mind, I'm like, I just interrupted a secret meeting. <laughs> it completely fucked my head up. <laughs> I, I just blame the Dunkin' Donuts coffee, because I shouldn't hate my own people. Anyways, I fucking got out of there, and I'm ashamed of it. That's all I wanted to share. Let's start our show. I don't even know if I have time for emails. How about one, one or two, two quick ones, all right? This is sort of an interesting one. Uh, no subject, okay. Was listening to the podcast opening about you and your buddies eating the spicy chicken, pussies. But here's where this this gets a little odd. It made me think of this story my mom used to tell me and my friends when we would get stoned together. (laughs) She died this summer, and when I get reminded of her, it makes me smile. So thanks. Here's a story told from her point of view. My ex-husband really liked hot peppers, and one night after dinner with hot peppers, me and him got into bed and started to fool around. When he went to put his fingers inside of me, I got a burning sensation, and I realized that he had not washed his hands after dinner. Don't groan this guy's dead, Mom. Have a little respect. He had not washed his hands after dinner and still had the pepper juice on them. It hurt so bad that I was about to cry. And all he had to say was, feed it bread. <laughs> Just imagine all my teenage friends shock and horror at hearing my mother tell them this. Like I said, thanks for the memories. <laughs> You're welcome for the memories. <laughs> uh, Oh, come on, one more good one. Oh, mentioning my father's boobs causes him serious laughter. <laughs> Hi, Mark Marin. This is going to be a humiliation theme night, I think. My name is Benjamin. I'm 19 years old, and I love listening to your show. Anytime I listen, I feel like I learn so much more about myself, and from the way you describe your relationship with your father, I'm being led to believe that we are even more similar than I originally thought. The only time I've ever really heard my father's laugh was when I'm insulting him. My father will barge into the living room, fuming mad and without a shirt on, he'll yank the cable cord out of the box and say something like, I'll snap this in half, to which I respond, oh look, man boobs finally got his period. And he will burst out in laughter. I'm not sure why that works so well for me. Sometimes he will be yelling at someone else and I'll walk by and say, sup boobs. (laughs) It's like kryptonite to him, he just dies laughing. What's more interesting is that my sister, Lily, cannot get away with it. (laughs) I'll walk past my dad, sup, boobs, hysterical laughing. Then my father turns his head to Lily, and she'll jump up and say something like, you have boobs. Then for the next couple minutes, we may hear crying. It's incredibly strange. (laughs) Right now, I'm not sure what it all means and why my dad loves when I insult him. It seems unhealthy. Hope you get to read this. Thank you, Benjamin. Thank you, Benjamin. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to bring out our first special guest because I want him to be here for the whole thing. Please welcome Ira Glass to the stage. Here, yeah, sit here. Ira Glass.
1: I'm having having a weird experience tonight here at Bell House because every fourth person I see walks up to me and says, huh, the other night.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that, uh, Ira. I I miss that, but apparently uh, you got shit-faced.
1: Well, two nights ago at uh, Eugene Merman's Comedy Festival, Mm -hmm. uh, there was a a show that was uh, the drunk show. Mm Mm-hmm that my wife, Anahid, produced, Mm -hmm. and so I couldn't say no. And so it was a bunch of us on stage, including Rachel Maddow, and John Hodgman, and and Leo Allen, and uh, Jody. Lennon. Lennon, thank you. Mm -hmm. And some others, too. Yeah. And I remember, and basically the gig was we were supposed to get progressively drunker over the course of the show.
0: Were you playing quarters or some sort of highbrow quarters?
1: Basically. (laughs) Yeah, there were a bunch of yeah, funny yeah. games and things. Shakespeare's
0: second play. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and I remember the first 15 minutes of the show.
0: Oh, shit, you blacked out? Because
1: that is Which I've is so... never done. I've literally never done. I woke up... I remember the first 15 minutes in detail. Rachel Maddow, John Hodgman. I remember what they said. I remember what I said. I remember somebody made a speech about the 12 steps. And then... And then I remember nothing else, and I woke up the next morning in my clothes smelling of vomit. Ira glass! And it's just gone. It's well, like dude. I guess you
0: didn't see these pictures then because there's a series.
1: <laughs> Are you that, serious? Yeah, oh well, yeah, this is I you. I really have no idea. And also, Did you even
0: all- know whose dog that was? <laughs> See, so you oh, blacked man. out and threw up on yourself. See, this makes me... Like, this humanizes you, Ira. I think that this is an opportunity. You know, it, like, I saw it when I heard about it, and I knew you were going to be on the show. I was like, what a great thing that has happened to Ira Glass. <laughs> He's gotten drunk in public and vomited on himself and has no idea what happened in about a two-hour chunk. And, you know, I wish that I could do a... Uh, this American Life episode of you <laughs> recounting that lost time. I wish that... <laughs> I could find, you know, witnesses that I would put together and, and sort of go, um, this is a story about a man who doesn't drink often. <laughs> and, and move through that with a series of witnesses. But it'd have to be a really good story. But I have a feeling you, tra- you were probably just fucking passed out somewhere.
1: Were yeah, you? no, I, I honestly don't know what happened. Your like, wife do- didn't tell you? She's keeping it from you? Well, she said what anybody would say in the situation, which was she said, you didn't embarrass yourself. Ah, that's With, her job. Which I'm choosing, sort of, to believe. Mm. And then I'm bruised. And then I said, Well, why am I bruised up and down my body? And she said, Because all six of you formed a human pyramid, which collapsed, and you were at the bottom. And so I know that that happened.
0: That's so much better than, than waking up with a transvestite hooker. Because <laughs> that would have been like, you know, if, if she had let that happen, I would say you would have something to you know, talk about <laughs> with her. But just a human pyramid, that's, that's as shameful as it got?
1: I don't know what else happened. I, I mean, I really don't, and I haven't inquired. See, now far. I really
0: wish that I could have Anaheed up here to tell the truth. Because well, at I'm, some, I'm, some point, you vomited on yourself, and that's really the high point of the story. <laughs>
1: I mean, Elena, Elena Baker, yeah. uh, who's here, uh, was in the show, and Jody was in the show. So yeah, you but, you are, but
0: no one told you. Yeah, usually.
1: I haven't inquired. I don't. The one know. time
0: I woke up in a McDonald's, I went to a high school football game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the last time you blacked out? You were in high school?
0: No, I blacked out later, and that was a really scary one because I didn't know what happened, and I went home, and my wife at the time, my first wife, played a, mes- a message I'd left on the answering machine, and it was just me saying, I'll be home as soon as I can get out of this dream. <laughs> I have no recollection what happened. I vaguely remember being led to a cab by a couple, and my shirt was inside out. That's all, that's all I got.
1: And that, so you, so you haven't blacked out a lot. Like no, but the choice. McDonald's
0: thing was one of these stories where, you know, I came to, I was in high school, and I came to at our McDonald's. I had gone to a game in Santa Fe, 60 miles away, mm-hmm. and I was with friends, and I drove. And I came to in the McDonald's in Albuquerque with no car, and, and people were starting to come in from the game. I was alone in a booth, and some girl who I liked came up to me and said, Why do you have rice in your hair? <laughs> And, and I could not answer that question. <laughs> and apparently I was laying in the bleachers, vomiting like a fountain. <laughs> and it had gone into my hair. The worst part of that story is no one apparently thought like, he may die and asphyxiate. <laughs> but I'm sure they were like,
1: ah,
0: fuck, look at that. <laughs> what do you got on the vomiting?
1: Uh, I, 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 rem- I remember throwing up in the back room over there. That's the only memory I have of With the With people entire- around? Uh, I know that it was just me and my wife in the room, Mm. which I'm glad about.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's what brings marriages tighter, is those moments.
1: I was talking to her. I hope it's okay with her that I tell this story. She's blacked out once uh, while drunk. And the thing that she did is, you know my cousin, uh, Philip, is this composer, this famous composer Ira Glass and Philip Glass. She drunk-dialed Philip Glass. (laughs) And she didn't know what happened either, and Philip's girlfriend called her up the next day to say, like, hey, you were pretty drunk last night, and he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, you drunk-dialed Philip at three in the morning and woke us up.
0: She's probably just wanted to see if he's answering and she went <laughs> That, is, so that really is
1: the level one Philip Glass joke. <laughs> That's the best you can do, Really, has comedian. it ever been framed
0: on the answering machine level? I mean, <laughs> have yeah. you ever done that to his face? Hey, Philip. <laughs> no,
1: He's told me the Philip Glass knock-knock joke, which is knock-knock. Who's there? Knock-knock. Who's there? Knock-knock. <laughs> you get it. And he
0: probably loves that joke. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna, let's, before, I, like, now that you've been humanized for everybody here as a man. Why do
1: I need to be humanized? I'm human.
0: I know, but, like, you're, you know, people, like, they.
1: I'm human. I'm a human being. What, how do you perceive me that you don't think I'm human?
0: Ira Glass performs The Elephant Man off Broadway. <laughs>
1: No, I don't perceive what you a as weird not human. You say to somebody, now that I've made you human, I didn't make you. now.
0: I didn't make you human. Did I say make you now that I've made you human?
1: No, I mean, you know, people,
0: like, I think people are very curious, uh, you know, about Ira Glass's life when he gets off of the radio. You're, you're a radio guy. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know a lot about you, and now we all know that you threw up on yourself and, and blacked out. <laughs> and that's a wonderful thing, I think. Like, I, when I heard about that, I'm like, this is wonderful that Ira's out socializing. And, and, and... And doing stuff like that publicly. It's about fucking time that we see the real Glass come out vomiting and not being able to explain his evening.
1: <laughs> okay, point taken. <laughs> but like, okay, just
0: a couple other questions and we'll move down. Like, what does Ira Glass eat for breakfast? Puffins. Yeah! <laughs> really? No. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. like, Ira Glass gets out of bed. Do you, do you
1: stretch? <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: Do you get out of bed and like? Go, I get out of
1: bed and try to get to avoid the dog from biting me, and uh, that's
0: a very exciting uh, beginning of the day. He, he's a pit, so pit bull. You, so you get out of bed frightened. You're like, oh, oh God! You I actually
1: have to be very cautious because the dog will get very protective of Anaheed if I make a wrong move getting out of the bed. Look what we're learning. He's a
0: blackout drinker, and <laughs> and, and he the has pit a vicious dog that protects his wife from him. Yeah my God, Ira, this is a big night. And then what happens?
1: Uh, Then I quickly throw on some clothes, the same outfit every day pretty much. You're like Albert Einstein.
0: You just have two. You have a white shirt and pants. Yeah. Every day. So it's consistency because
1: you're thinking. It's just I hate shopping (laughs) because I hate myself and I don't know what clothes to wear. Oh, my God. And I get into an existential crisis when I have to choose clothes because I think, well, who am I? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that I would wear this shirt rather than this one. Really? I'm not proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. There was a period, uh, there was a period when I lived in... Uh, w- there was a period about 10 years ago where I would have to get drunk in order to buy clothes, but now I don't have to do that. Now no, I do now apparently
0: you. just get drunk to get into human pyramids. You've grown up.
1: Yeah. Wow, yeah, you I'd used rent. to get drunk to, just to buy clothes. Just I, one or, once or twice to get over the hump wow
0: so you get shit faced and then go buy clothes no i just need a little buzz a little buzz a little buzz did you ever come home with something and be like look what i got it's a Nehru jacket
1: yes (laughs) (laughs) of course but i just took that as like the kind of like um tax on the way that i was doing it like if you're going to go and get drunk before you go shopping you just have to accept there's going to be a certain amount of shrink You know what I mean? Like, there's gonna be a certain amount of, like, mistakes that are made.
0: (laughs) Do you wear them as sort of a shame, like, shame pants? No, they just stay in the closet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh, because I have to wear them then to, like... Yeah, to to fully feel the shame?
0: Like, why are you wearing those pants? Because I'm punishing me! (laughs) Well, I think we've learned a lot. I mean, is there a part of your day? So you have coffee? What, do you have a little oatmeal? Some muesli?
1: No, I don't do any of those things. I walk to work, and then I either get a piece of fruit or some yogurt or something, and then just like go go right to work. Okay, yeah. that's
0: good. And then you get into the work. Now, what do you do? Like, what what is I? This gla- is
1: not interesting.
0: Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> People here are like, there's out there. There's hipster mouths agape. They're like, oh my god, he's mortal, and he has a dog, and he drinks to shop. Do you eat cereal in the morning? I eat cereal constantly. I'll, uh, sometimes I'll make oatmeal in the morning. Sometimes I'll wait a while. Sometimes I'll get some uh, Trader Joe's brand flakes and flax seeds and blueberries and raspberries and vanilla soy milk, just so I can honor my mother's weird eating disorder and maybe poop really good later. <laughs> Ira, this is life. It comes down to that. It's like, how can I plan my poop to be better? That's what we're all heading towards. Where's that, this American life episode?
1: I've literally never had that thought in my head of eating something to regulate the poop.
0: Really? I just introduced you to
1: that? I'm not going to start it either.
0: Uh, maybe you should I'm gonna, think I'm about gonna, it. I'm going to look
1: at that idea, just go down the road, and I'm going to wave goodbye to it.
0: <laughs> Talk to me in 10 years when you're like wondering like why you can't poop good. <laughs> and then you realize, like, did my life, is this all my life is now? And the only answer you can give yourself is Yes. I don't want to think about poop. I I, I had that feeling that you would be that guy. We all do it, Ira.
1: You're judging me.
0: You're a guy that threw up on himself the other night, and (laughs) I think it's high time you start thinking about poop and grow the fuck up. (laughs) Ira Glass, ladies and gentlemen. Stay here, though. You can move down and get that other mic i'm gonna leave ira up here because i feel like maybe i was mean to him and and he can just chime in whenever he wants and make me small our next guest is documentary filmmaker and raconteur morgan spurlock morgan spurlock have a mic ira are you are you we're good right
1: yeah, we're good. Okay. Wait, good. are you worried that I'm mad at you? Yeah. <laughs> he looks furious.
0: I know. I just like you know. Like I, I feel like maybe uh, I'm, we are know. totally good. Okay. This is Morgan. Do you know Morgan? I do know Morgan. It's I, very yeah, surprising see it. to see Morgan when he's not making a documentary of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd come out with a camera. This is it. This is going to be good.
1: Is it going to be an all documentary night? Like Michael Moore is next, (laughs) and then.
2: I don't. That would be difficult. He loves the cupcakes backstage, by the
3: way. (laughs) Michael, stop. So. Have some self respect, Michael.
0: You can't eat justice. Um, (laughs) He's not here. He's not here. So,
2: <laughs> now you know, I listen, just made me spit right <laughs> in the ground right there.
0: <laughs> the first time I met Morgan Spurlock, I had no idea who he was, and neither did you. It <laughs> was true. like I can't even remember what year it was. But I get this call. Do you ever remember it how been, it, it would have been like 2002? I don't even know how it happened, but he's like, I got this great idea. <laughs> All right, it's an animated thing, and we're going to do a bunch of them. And and he goes, it's called Tommy Tourette's. All right. So he who has, better than Mark Maron for that character? Right. Yeah. So you had this big vision of this like is, this a, is
2: like pre Super Size Me. This I had this web, a web company, and so the whole goal was to create programming on the internet that we were then going to sell off to like you know TV shows. Right. But there was yeah. at me not, and eight million other people had that brilliant idea. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. But at no point did either of us think that it was in any way offensive to no, people that all. might suffer from this. We're horrible.
2: like, this is a genius idea. <laughs> yeah. So, Best idea th- ever. but
0: wasn't the idea was it was a series of animated shorts of this character that just can't control himself in a work environment? That's right. So your idea was like we will have Tommy Tourette's 2.0, and then you'll just keep upgrading, That's and right. everybody will want this thing. That's and right. It was just a guy that walked around the office going, "Is this the copier? Fucking, I can't stand this shit. Fuck that."
2: <laughs> and you were like, "This is great." And we—that's <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> and so we started up. We started off. We launched the whole thing. We we're like, we couldn't afford to do the whole series. And we said, well, you know what we'll do? We'll we'll do like South Park. Yeah. And like South Park launched with like a Christmas episode, so what we'll do is we'll make a Christmas card <laughs> where Tommy Tourette's will sing We Wish You a Merry Christmas. That's right! And so we made this animated Tommy Tourette's Christmas card where you could up the level of Tourette's in the video <laughs> as you watched it.
0: So it was like We Wish You a... Fuck, shit, fucking yeah. uh, Merry, fuck, Christmas. That right? yeah, that's exactly
2: right. Oh. And so we sent that out at Christmas, and uh, that was the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then all of a sudden I see you, like, then Supersize Me happens in what year? 2000,
2: uh, 2004, it premiered. And then it's right. like, I know that
0: guy. That's the Tommy Tourette's guy. <laughs> and then I realized, like, this I'm like, dude. I have no
2: idea what you're talking about. What do you mean? <laughs> <This is> a-
0: <laughs> but then you did that other thing where you, I remember being part of that, too, where, or at least witnessing it, where you walked around Washington Square trying to get people to eat poop and stuff. That
2: was, that was pretty, when we were doing the same Tommy Tourette's thing, we created this web show called I Bet You Will. Where we would bet people to do stupid things for money. Yeah. And so, so what we did is we go out and bet people to do stupid things. And one of the things was we created, we had a prop guy make fake poo that we planted in the park. That was oh, made it of was like, fake. It was fake. It wasn't real poo. So and did some though. guy eat it? And so we bet some guy to eat it. And so he, we paid him like five hundred. bucks He to didn't eat know it was fake. fake? But he thought it was real poo. So it was all just like this fantastical, fantastic psychological did somebody warfare, did that for warfare. That was $500? going on. Yeah.
0: See, he's talking about poop for his the rest of his life now, Ira. That's right. That, that show, ate- that
2: show was not on NPR. <laughs> No,
1: I'm just thinking about like. So you tell him after like when does he figure out? That oh no, it's we fake? never told him. No, we never told <laughs> him. No, no, no. So on the no, first like, is so this, bite, like like uh, unless when I, when I, when he's listening to this, this podcast, bite is,
2: he still thinks he's the guy who ate poo on a wait, show. Wait, so
1: what did it taste like? Like what flavor did? Like, I
2: didn't even try it. It smelled so bad, I didn't even go there. So the it guy was made, brown flavor made with fake, chunks.
1: You made something that was disgusting as
4: actual poop.
1: But it was made out it of made, real
2: food. It was made out of real food and cheese products. But it looked and it had the same consistency of a fine dog log. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: See that? We should find this guy. He should be on an episode of This American Life. <laughs>
1: Oh, like remember the old John Waters film where uh, sure. yeah where Divine eats the poo? That was yeah. real poo. That was real poo. You saw it come out of the dog. That's the way we roll in Baltimore. That's right. It comes out of the dog. I represent. And I don't know how I feel about this poo fakery that you're introducing to American poo- cinema, I, my good man.
0: Well,
2: this aired on MTV. I wouldn't know if I'd call it cinema.
0: How did you yeah. feel about Divine eating poo when you saw it?
1: It was it was amazing. It was shocking. <laughs> it was it was mind-blowing.
0: Yeah, world awesome. changing. So, all right, so then you go from there to the Eat and Poop, and then you make this fucking <laughs> well, then we, rocking we sold, documentary. We sold, we sold
2: that show to MTV, and we ended up doing 53 episodes of this show for MTV. And then when they canceled the show, we had, because at that point, I had amassed about a quarter of a million dollars in credit card debt. After post 9-11, like I couldn't, there was no jobs, there was no production. And so I kept my company going with credit cards, kept yeah. paying people with credit cards. Mm-hmm. And so um, during the course of making that show, I paid off about $50,000 worth of that debt and, had, and made about 50 grand. So I had like 50 grand in the bank. And so I said, well, I, I could either you know, take this $50,000 and throw it into that bottomless pit of debt or we could make a movie. Yeah. yeah. Because that's logical, you know. Right, as a, right. as a, as a Yeah. And so, and so, we got the idea of a supersized Me, and that's what we made. And that was your, yeah, it was it. That launched you. Yeah.
0: A guy who almost kills himself, <laughs> eating shitty things, see, made I you threw, a star. See, I
2: threw up out of a window. Yeah. Yeah. Just like national public regurgitation. Yeah. And it was fantastic. So it was just like. So now we have that in common. Yeah, yeah. we do. It's like we have bonded now we over have, vomiting. Yes. We have. Yeah. Yes. Now,
0: okay, but then you went on to do. Um, there's, there's a lot of things. I guess the point I'm trying to make is that you're, is your vision... Like, are you like? What was the 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 series called where you have people live uncomfortably? 30, 30 days. Yeah. yeah, that
2: that was that wasn't kind of the mission, but it just kind of happened. Yeah.
0: So that yeah. the the idea was that was like, let's take this guy. You take who,
2: somebody, yeah. You take somebody. Uh, I'm not being condescending. Minute. I just
0: don't have bad memory.
2: It's just your nature. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. Uh, no, no it's... I'm not. I really.
0: Okay. Wait. Let me ask you a question, my what the fuck audience. Would you rather I do research? <laughs> look I fucking have his wiki page right here (laughs) I could have been like I could have made notes and his credits you know I understood did I get to the kernel of what the show was yes okay (laughs) moving on No, I, I no. enjoyed the two
2: no, the, episodes. The, only, I saw. the idea was like you'd take people and put them in a situation where they'd have to kind of question their own beliefs, like in a situation that's kind of antithetical to their own, and it would right. make them very uncomfortable. Right, but th-
0: it was good, yeah. right? Did, did you find like people? Did you learn from that? Did people learn? Did you did you go back when? Didn't you put yeah. like a, a Christian dude in a in a gay household or there something? Was, yeah, there was a
2: guy who uh, who ended up living and moving into the Castro with a, with a gay guy who was completely against homosexuals in the military and gay marriage. And, and how did rights. that
0: end up for that guy?
2: Uh, it was amazing. I like, get changed that guy's life. Like, the two guys became friends. Um, Do you follow was, up with
0: these people? Well, there,
2: there's the best story that came out of that episode. Is Ed. There was, uh, you know, the gay guy in the episode, Ed, was walking down the street in the Castro, and this guy comes up and hugs him after the show. And he's like, you know, was what, what that for? He goes, I got to tell you, I came out to my parents seven years ago, and they threw me out of the house. And they haven't called me. They haven't written to me. They won't talk to me. And 15 minutes after that show aired last week, they called me for the first time. Oh, and so, which was wow. amazing. You know, so that's say,
0: fucking great.
2: Yeah, so to have something like that happen out of a, out of a show is incredible that is
0: that, that is incredible and 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 now what 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 one are you working on now didn't you just have one at a at a festival
2: i just had yeah i just had a film at the toronto international film festival called uh, comic-con episode four a fan's hope mm. that we yeah <laughs> that we filmed at uh, san diego comic-con last year
0: can you spoil it a little bit has anyone well, seen it's, it it's a, it's
2: a film that's all about kind of the geek-tastic universe of san diego comic-con yeah and it's a film that we made with stan lee and joss whedon um, we followed seven different people into Comic-Con yeah. and I tell the story of this kind of, uh, you know, nerd mecca you know, yeah. through their experiences. Nerd mecca. Yeah. And, and uh, did, were you satisfied with it? You like it? It's great. I love, I love the way the film came out. It's spectacular.
0: Now, what's this project you want me to be part of?
2: There's a, <laughs> there's a show that we do. There's a show that we do for Hulu called A Day in the Life, mm. which um, we've been doing for, thank you, that guy saw it. So thank you. Thanks for watching. That's the power of Hulu. That <laughs> That's one the guy. Power of Hulu. Yeah. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Tell your other friend. <laughs> <laughs> season finale this Wednesday. Um, the, uh, <laughs> so each episode, we spend one day with somebody, like from the minute they wake up to the minute they go to bed. And uh, I think you'd be great for the next season. Oh, that'd be. Uh, I- what do you guys think?
0: Let's, let's, let's build it around an event, like uh, maybe a doctor's visit or something. <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, something. perfect. If, or <laughs> go to Whole Foods with me, like <laughs> that. And I'll steal something. <laughs> yeah. And or maybe we can make the rounds. Like I have this. Look, I'm not going to pitch myself to yeah, you, but I appreciate that. the offer. <laughs> <laughs> So where do you got to go now? I know you got to leave.
2: I, uh, I'm uh, part of a benefit tonight for Burma Relief that I got to go to tonight. So I'm, oh. host- I'm part of one of the hosts for the thing. Oh,
0: oh, you're going you're gonna to host a, a segment? I'm, I'm like,
2: no, no. I'm like one of the people who's like hosting this, uh, this benefit to raise money for Burma tonight. What time does that start? It's it's like start it's- it started at seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Now I feel guilty. Yeah, see, I'm not kidding. It's true. What are your duties at this thing? You didn't even dress. No, I got. I'm gonna change in the car. It's. I'm like, it's like I I got my suit in the car. And then are
1: you gonna go on stage and make a speech about healing?
2: Uh, Yeah, exactly. Really, (laughs) healing. What are you gonna say? I'm gonna say uh, we should all do our part to pitch in and help. Wow, Uh, just Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Please dig deep. Everybody, dig deep.
0: Morgan Spurlock. Ira Glass just gave Morgan a dollar for Burma. Thanks a lot, buddy. Good to see you. Please welcome to the stage the author of the New York uh, Regional Mormon Singles Halloween Dance, Elena Baker, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thank you for coming. Of course. So what did Ira do when he got all fucked okay, up? Okay, I, yeah.
5: I actually I had Edward Forty hands the whole show, but I remember much more than Ira. The best he got—he had to do drunctionary
0: ooh—and
5: the word was gerrymandering. Yeah. <laughs> and he drew three circles that looked like a snowman, <laughs> and a line, and another snowman. And we didn't know what it was. Sure. And so we just kept pointing, like, obviously that's gerrymandering.
1: <laughs> that's a really hard word, God, <laughs> to do while drunk.
5: And the show it was twelve steps the drinking game. Yeah. So we read each step of AA and had a game for each step. Mm-hmm. So like step one was admitting you're powerless over alcohol. Mm-hmm. So Leo Allen had to put on a beer costume mm-hmm. and arm wrestle everyone. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait! I
1: remember I, I arm wrestled. It's him. so nice, yeah, and you I hear. lost. I lost, but I really thought I was going to win because he, he doesn't look that strong.
0: You know, you know, what's beautiful about the intelligent comedy community is their empathy and their sympathy for people that have a real problem in their life. And I, um, I just really want to thank you guys for, you know, keeping the level high with people that are dealing with a sometimes Actually. deadly disease. I. Step I personally five. can appreciate that.
5: Step five is admitting that you have a problem. Oh, you problem. don't got to tell me. All right. So, so we brought Dan St. Germain, who's sober now. We brought him out to tell his rock-bottom sober story. Sure, The guy's, and like,
0: ten minutes sober. You probably sent him out. Call Dan St. Germain and make sure he's all right.
5: So we told his sober story, and we were supposed to heckle him the whole time.
1: <laughs> That's what we did on stage?
5: Yeah, you were, you were great. Dan danced. <laughs> Dan Dan started his story by saying, I live with my parents and Ira jumped up and was like, wait, whoa, whoa. You live with your parents? And then Eugene Merman, who was also in it, said, wait, Ira, you do stories about people who live underwater. (laughs) Why is that so shocking?
0: Is heat here? Because I think we really need the vomit story.
5: Uh, well, no, he was backstage vomiting after the show.
0: <laughs> was, but was people, other people were around, right?
5: Other people were around. She took him into the room and closed the door and just said to so us. that's a nice one. Ira yeah, yes. is sick. <laughs> 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 it all happened behind uh, closed doors. All right,
0: so let's get into this Mormon business.
5: All right.
0: Now, are you, are you done with that, or where are we at with that?
5: Well...
1: (laughs) (laughs) So sensitive.
5: Very sensitive. Well, uh, I I moved to New York when I was 18. I was a Mormon for nine years, practicing. Didn't drink, smoke, drink... I never tried coffee. Did you wear the
0: silly underpants? uh,
5: I didn't, because you have to go on a mission or get married to get those. You have to
0: earn the funny underpants? You do. I had no idea.
5: Yeah, you don't just get them.
0: What? What? Nothing. Did you know that, that? That's one of the payoffs? Is you I, get to I, knew, where the...
1: I, I did know that, but I don't know why I know that. <laughs> I don't look down on you for not knowing that. That's now, kind of okay, maybe
0: problem. I'll try to be more sensitive because this is real. So,
1: <laughs> And in the new Mitt Romney presidency, you will pay for anything you say now. Wait, are they going to take my name and put it in a mountain?
5: You will be baptized after you die.
0: <laughs> How is that fucking right?
5: I've actually done that. You've
0: I've baptized been... dead people?
5: Yeah, I mean, it was back in a time where I didn't think that was wrong or weird. I mean, I thought it was a little weird. You just get in, I don't, I'm going to get in trouble. You're not supposed to talk about what happens. What happens
0: when you get in trouble with the Mormons?
5: You get excommunicated, which I was, I've been afraid. I've I've been not practicing for about a year and a half. It was a really hard step to take. Uh, I've essentially lived a year and a half of my life like a teenager, (laughs) doing everything you all do in a very natural sense, and each, at each moment thinking, this is horrifying. Act like it's normal. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, for the last year and a half, I've been afraid that... It, at some point, I would get excommunicated. But oh. I, I, you, you're not supposed to talk about what you do in the temple. But when you're baptized, but you're right, go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wait, wait. So when they when they baptize, like, what does it mean if the person is dead and not present? And do they use water? Is there? Yeah, you, you
5: get in a big vault. It's like a water vault. But the water person, vault.
1: But then the person isn't there, right? Yeah. So but you. Wait, what's a water uh, vault look like?
5: There's, uh, I believe, it's twelve oxen. <laughs> there are statues of oxen
0: this is a real place so this is a it's a place called the water vault
1: don't go chasing you, water vault <laughs> and you go in it and they close the door
0: so you and wear there's 12 you wear
5: you have to wear white so they put you in a little white jumpsuit and then you get in the water and they say uh i baptize oh, i'm gonna get in trouble i baptize you did
0: someone just say yeah do yeah. we have an assassin here?
5: Are you a Mormon? <laughs> Basically, they baptize you for someone's name. They read the name, and then they baptize you. It's, it's not that weird. And then no, how no it is <laughs> fucking
0: weird. You're in a room that's got a, uh, oxen statues in a pool, wearing a special outfit, you know, calling up the names of dead people in order to deliver them to, uh, to a cartoon character of some kind.
1: And, and, you, and you, how many people will you do at a stretch? Like, would you do like 15, 20, 25 dead people at a, at a run? And do you have to go underwater for each one?
5: You have to go completely immersed, and it just depends on your endurance. Some people can do five.
0: <laughs> Does somebody hold the record? I did 97! <laughs> I'm the fucking super dead baptizer. And I feel like it? I'm being really, really mocking of this ridiculous... I, I, well, like,
5: I... Yeah, it, to, to be honest, like, I think the idea behind it is a nice idea, which is that this is a new religion, and so all those people who lived before didn't get a chance. If we baptize them, they don't have to choose. But in the afterlife, they'll have the opportunity to say, "Okay" or "No." Yeah, but uh, but, but on some level, it's almost
0: them... like necrophilia. It's like that guy would have wanted to fuck me if he were alive. <laughs> I just now I have the opportunity because he can't do anything about it, and
1: you know. Why would this be God's system? Why does he need you to do the fake baptism? Why can't he just come to you after you're dead and say, "Do you want into this religion?"
5: you want the real? The real yeah. answer is that we can only do things if we have a body. And if we don't have a body and we're a spirit, then you can't have the choice. So you need somebody with a body to make the choice for you.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I feel, I feel like everybody was, kind, their souls just got raped. <laughs> like, everybody in this room felt a little soul rape. Because like, you had to go from, like, all right, yeah, I'm doing things. Now I'm out. And look at that guy! Hey, don't fucking do that. That's what happened to me, anyways. Just now. Sorry. It's okay. So okay. So I see you're you're. It's still like sort of difficult for you. So, so drinking fun.
5: I mean, I, I remember the first time I drank. <laughs> I just remember thinking, like, everyone is so agreeable. <laughs> like I am making so many friends, and I didn't know why. It's just like tonight is so. Fun.
0: <laughs> and ha- did that did that also happen with the sex?
5: Oh, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I mean, part of the. It's, do you know the Landmark Forum? It's, yeah. Yeah.
0: You didn't go right from
1: Mormon to that, did
0: well, you?
5: Well, what happened was I was still Mormon, but I was like figuring out what I wanted to do or not. And for Christmas, someone bought me the Landmark Forum. We don't is, know
1: what that is. What is it?
5: Mark, can you explain it?
0: It's the uh, it's it's the uh, it's the, uh, the the hot rotting of est. It's a, okay. it's a similar sort of like system of est. You you're 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 you know you can you can stop things from being put in your head. Totally. Okay. I mean,
5: and and so. But for Christmas, someone bought me that. And it was expensive, so I was like, I guess I'll... But also the notion of, like, what do we buy our Mormon friend? She likes (laughs) colts. So...
0: (laughs) I guess just a Landmark Forum (laughs) t-shirt.
5: So I went, and part of... This is true. The way I stopped being Mormon was that they... I went, and I thought it was really ridiculous the whole time, and I was kind of judging it in my head. And then the guy called me up from the audience, and he said, "Uh, I feel like you're a cynical person about this. And he said, just try on for a minute the idea that there is no God and that life is meaningless and empty and that there's no hope.
0: That guy's hilarious.
5: (laughs) So I I tried on the idea. I I was like, I thought of a really sad moment. My dog died. I thought of that moment. And then I tried it on. I didn't take it off. And I left. And I gave my very first blow job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> to, to that guy?
5: <laughs> no, no, to the guy I'd been dating, but it was, I mean, I probably cried the whole time thinking about my dead dog.
0: Oh my God, that's the hottest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> A crying blow job. <laughs> whoa
5: (laughs) and that's how it all went downhill
0: that uh, thank you for sharing Elsa Baker ladies and gentlemen let's let's move down you can stay here yeah wow my god a crying blowjob how did your boyfriend feel about that
5: uh, we, I mean, each step of the way was—I mean—I feel bad for. I him just want to
0: hear how he coached you through that. Just can you give me a couple of quotes? Like, it's okay, baby.
5: <laughs>
0: You're doing a good job. What did he say?
5: <laughs> just let the tears land. <laughs>
0: Whatever you thought you did to offend the Mormon church, there's like hundreds of masturbating Mormons out there right now. (laughs) They're like, finally, one of our own is free. This next guest, this is a very interesting story, uh, because this show is is actually theming out just just perfect. Um, I got this in the mail from a publisher. Uh, I will name the publisher if I can. Uh, Oh, it's a Picador paperback original. I'm on some mailing list. And look at the cover of this book. It's just called Humiliation. (laughs) So I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I cannot stop reading this book. (laughs) I'm fucking obsessed with it. I don't even know how to describe it to you, but it's sort of like a 200-page a, a, like meditation on the idea of humiliation and its impact on art, aesthetics, culture, individuals, psychology. It's, like, it's one of these books where I've decided that every answer I need for the rest of my life is in it. And I, and I, and I have the author of the book here. Please welcome Wayne Kostenbaum to the stage. Thank you. Grab a mic. Now, to set you up a bit, you, you are a professor.
6: Yes, I am. Where at? The City University of New York. And, graduate center.
0: And what do you teach?
6: I teach English literature. Okay. But also culture and anything I want.
0: Oh, so you're abroad. I,
6: I have taught humiliation twice. Wait, you've taught a course? It's a class. This is based on a class I taught.
0: It just says humiliation in the it's syllabus? humiliation,
6: it's a graduate seminar. Is there no explanation? There's a little explanation. I say that we're going to talk about the role of humiliation in art and literature and in aesthetic process, which means like what you do. Right. Well, no, my, my life is based
0: on humiliation, that That's why it, but I'm there's here. some stuff in yeah. here. Like, I don't even know how to get into this because I just underline shit. This is what I do. Yeah. Like I read things and I'm like, holy fuck, I got to underline that. And in this one, I'm suggesting that we define humiliation as the intrusion of an unwanted substance or action upon an undefended body. Wow. Yep. There, there's something about the, the, the idea of humiliation. Because like, I think the comics, uh-huh. that my biggest fear in life is to be embarrassed. That is my biggest fear. I had a mother that inevitably I would sit at a table at a restaurant. We'd have the menus. And my mother would say, can you give me spaghetti without the pasta um, and maybe just the tomatoes and then grill some vegetables? Like every fucking time. So, like, she... she (laughs) She embarrasses shit at me. So, somehow or another, I do stand up comedy to not be embarrassed. Well,
6: we have the same mother because I, the, the, the behavior in restaurants in my family is atrocious. It's just really extremely embarrassing. My sister says, I'm, Spicy foods are difficult for me. How hot is this? My brother says, Is this filling enough? What's the portion size? Etc. And then you're just sitting there like, Can we just fucking eat, you freaks? No, that's why I became a writer. <laughs> So I could write about these things. But, of course, you humiliate yourself every day. Right. But you, you change it. Yeah. You, 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 you make it a kind of a heroic drama. I mean, yeah. like that film. Yeah.
0: I like the sound of
6: that. <laughs> you know, I like to flatter straight men. It's yeah. one of my hobbies. You know? <laughs> It's actually true. It's See, that was both trip. that was both
0: complimentary and also dismissing in some way. Like, I felt special for a minute, and then you took away. No, it was. I actually... think you humiliated me a bit because no. I was like, I could, you know, maybe if this works out well, something weird could happen, and then. <laughs>
6: And then all of a sudden you just want me in with everybody. No, no, no. I, I humiliated myself, but I also, I had, what happens when I, I had a moment of insight, I realized, I said a, a thing, I called you a hero, I thought, I've been doing that for 40 years. I'm always calling straight men on quests heroes. Hmm. And so I had to, I'm an honest guy and I say exactly what the reigning truth seems to me at the moment. Okay, so let's
0: get back to this. So am I still a hero, or where are we at with that?
6: No, I think you're a hero, I don't, I think you are a hero. Okay, you're we're a good self, again. You're a self, no, this is serious, this is not flattering a guy, you're a self-documenter, yes. and that I admire, and that's the legacy, that is the humiliated. Oh my God, I'm putting him. that on my
0: resume, self-documenter. You're a
6: self-ethnographer.
0: A self-ethnographer, uh-huh. like of my own country. Yeah. This and is fucking awesome. You
6: anatomize the, the little, the crevices between, um, the crevices that usually go without saying. That's your specialty. It's getting grosser and grosser. <laughs> crevices.
1: I'm
0: sorry. I, I think that I'm on a date. I am.
6: Um... <laughs> funny that I got in crevices so soon.
0: <laughs> All right. Can I just read, like, a couple more yes. things? Because I, I, I think that there's a lot of poetry to this. For a long time, civilization has been in the business of siphoning the body away from the scene of vocal expression, of interpersonal confrontation. More and more, the industries of communication and entertainment, with their globalizing quest to amuse, stimulate, connect, secretly work to deaden or desubjectify the human voice.
6: Yes, that's true.
0: He wrote that, man. Holy but- fuck. I don't you know, even know what that means, but I'm fucking blown okay. away. I
6: won't say okay. I won't say crevices, but I will say that because you are using your voice and this is live, we are not, um, we are not the culprits in that um, deadening of human sensibilities. They're just doing it to us. Yeah. No, we are resuscitating the live voice with all its risk and yeah. flaw.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this is the one that really moved me because this. See, the truth of the matter is, is I once said, and I hate when I say that about myself, but. I once said <laughs> that the, like, when people talk about edgy or they talk about you know, shocking, uh, that a lot of that shit has been played out. That you know, what is, was once known is like, wow, I'm offended. That shit is all dead. There's nothing you can do that is really edgy other than be honest, because that makes people uncomfortable. And I, and I, and I think that like, I'm aware of that, but there's a vulnerability to that. And the risk of humiliating yourself is high.
6: But how would you define humiliation? Would you say that that, would you say j- revealing a slightly embarrassing thing about your past is humiliating? Well, there's a lot, there's, there's yeah.
0: those, and then there's also like shitting in your pants when you didn't plan to. Um, there, there's also- But the thing
1: is
6: mentioning it, the, the big, of course we know the big difference between actually shitting in your pants, say on this show yeah. and mentioning it is that it's very funny to mention it. It's not in the least funny to do it. Well, I think I, Ira was humiliated because he woke up with vomit all over himself. <laughs> Was
1: that true? <laughs> yes.
5: Yes. <laughs>
1: why would I say it if it weren't true? Like, no, why would great. I lie? Oh, I'm going to go on stage and make that
6: up. Well, you don't look like a, a guy that has vomit, would have vomit on you. But, that is why but Mark that's, thought that's, it was important to story. discuss
1: it at length. <laughs> I understand. No. And, and up until, I have to say, I don't think I'd had vomit on myself until Saturday night. At the age of 52 I don't think I'd actually ever thrown
6: up on myself you know I've, I vomited I vomited in third grade and it's taken me decades to talk about it and I talked about it in this book and I so I applaud you for taking only two days to mention it in public.
0: <laughs> now let me just tell like because like I'm having a hard time like fully explaining the the point of this book it, it's just it, it, it was so moving to me. And this last story in here, like, you know, literally made me cry. But, like, you do this thing at the end where you literally talk. You just capture in paragraphs humiliating incidents in your life. And to me, they read like jokes. And, and I just think that, like, what is, in your view, after writing this book and, and having this meditation on humiliation, why are you, are, are you so obsessed with it and what does it mean to our culture? Why is this, why was this important to you?
6: Well, you know, I'm actually not obsessed with humiliation. It's just that f- I have been humiliated a lot in my life, as we all have. Every and, day. And because I'm a writer, I dwell on the, the, the things that I should not be saying. And I know that when I'm writing, I stare within and I say, what is the... You know, I warm up and I've taken years to warm up. And then yeah. the moment comes and I say, what is the thing I have never said or that um, defies saying? And then I type it up, and it looks very clean and neat on the page. Yeah. And I'm happy.
0: <laughs> so it's... Like, it, you, look at right it, here, right here. A kid in seventh grade gym on the soccer field called me a wop faggot. I was flattered to be mistaken for an Italian.
6: <laughs> I remember how happy I was. I still do.
0: <laughs> in seventh grade, when the history teacher exc- Explained the extermination of the Jews. A classmate, not Jewish, said Hitler was a smart cookie. And you took that.
6: No, I might have. Th- there, I don't know if his phrase was actually smart cookie. Yeah. It was something like that. <laughs> okay,
0: I know there's like some. No, I
6: took it. What was I to do?
0: Like this one. This is beautiful. Like, and I think that this Thank is you. seventh grade. One night I jerked off for hours without stopping. Don't be embarrassed. He's right here. He wrote it in a book. The next day, my swollen penis looked like a dreidel. (laughs) (laughs) Afraid that the swelling would never die down, I told my mother that I had an upset stomach and begged to stay home from school, lest I reveal in P.E. class my deformity.
6: It's true, you know, and I've often wondered about that dreidel shape, which after a very active sexual life of many, yeah. many years, I've never, ever seen on myself or anyone else ever that exact dreidel shape.
0: So there's part of you that's been trying to recapture the dick dreidel for your entire life? Uh-huh. Maybe that should be the name of your next book, Recapturing the Dick
1: Dreidel. Did the little Hebrew letters form on the side? <laughs> 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 you
6: no, know, it came without letters.
0: <laughs> I just, for some reason, it validated me. I was like, "This is the field book. This is this is why we create. It's because we're humiliated and embarrassed and horrible. Like, because I get that. Like, even with the Hasidic Jews the, the, yesterday, no, I felt,
6: felt your. Self loathing. I felt
0: embarrassed for I them. Talk a lot I hated it, yeah. myself, and yeah. then I got angry at them. I'm like, right. you know, fuck you, you're no better than me. Okay, granted, you'd never wake up in the morning and say, what am I going to wear today? But I mean, <laughs> but you know, there's.
6: <laughs> but no, internalized anti Semitism is, is huge. And, and I, tr- I treat it as something, in a way, interesting rather than simply something to be uh, transcended. I write a lot about it. This, the same thing, the sense of visceral disgust at my own kind.
0: Hmm. That's my next comedy record.
6: Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, you were talking about those prostitutes. One of the only times I've been solicited while a passerby in Manhattan was by an Orthodox Jew. I was walking along the West Side Highway or West Street years and years ago. It was the day before my oral exam in graduate school, and I was just sort of going over, you know... Keats and Byron, and this Orthodox guy pulled over in, in a Rambler or whatever, and he asked me, you know, like, did I want to give him a blowjob or something? I said, how do you know I don't have AIDS? And he drove away.
0: <laughs> Wasn't willing to really take that risk, huh? Yeah, no, it was,
6: it was 1985 or 1986, and that was, I think, the ethic then. That's what you said <laughs> to Orthodox Jewish men who...
0: I was hoping for, like, a, a sweeter punchline to that joke. Like, you know,
6: <laughs> but, you know, I've told the story many times. I've written a poem about it. It's odd how I hug that story to my breast <laughs> as some kind of deep validation that though I loathe my own kind, they finally knew to want me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wayne Kostenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. Right now, I want to bring up my buddy Joe Mandy. He's a comedian. Joe Mandy, ladies and gentlemen. Here. I, uh,
7: I should have brought my book and read excerpts out of that. Yeah, yeah what's your book? I wrote a book called Look at This Fucking Hipster, and it would have just been like, I'm a cunt. And that would have been <laughs> that would have been it. So I don't think it would have resonated. What do you think of this
0: humiliation thing? Do you have memories in your mind that like, never go away? Um, yeah, I think I'm an expert on
7: humiliation. <laughs> you yeah. could actually, I could uh, submit a story for the poop. Uh, this American Life. Bring it, oh, baby, uh, bring it. Let's hear it. You want to hear it? Yeah. Um, okay. Um. Well, it was the first night I was ever at Jewish summer camp. I was 10 years old. And was also the night I discovered I had irritable bowel syndrome. This was inevitable. And um, like Shabbat, it was Shabbat. And Shabbat at Jewish summer camp is like a real big deal. Yeah, candles. You get, like, yeah, you get candles and Kool-Aid and like awful roast chicken. Yeah. And I ate way too much of that. And then right after eating way too much, you do Israeli dancing. Right, and then, then you go to bed. Yeah. So uh, it was like 10 o'clock and I just danced my little Israeli ass off and um, went to bed and then like at 2 in the morning I woke up and like you know you know the thing, like when you, uh, when you wake up and you know you only have like 10 seconds before you just shit all over yourself. Yeah, yeah. So that happened to me. I woke up and I like had the countdown and I was like on a top bunk and I'm 10 years old and it's like 10, 9, 8 and I'm going down the ladder like 7, I put on my flip-flop, 6, 5 and I run out the door and then at three, I exploded because I only had seven seconds, apparently. And um, I just shit all over the outside of my cabin. And I'd never, I'd never once, like, I've never been away from home before. I'm freaking out, and I started crying. And uh, I, I didn't know what to do, so I just, I just ran. I ran away. And I just you ran. You ran into the woods? I ran, well, I ran down this, like, dirt path. And, like, <laughs> half a mile down, there was this structure called Noah's Ark, obviously. And um, that. That's what housed like the showers and the toilets and um I like I threw all my shitty clothes into a trash can. Yeah. And then took a shower, but I still had problems, so I was like running back and forth from the shower to the toilet, like over and over again, just crying like two hours. It was awful, like the worst night. And then um and then I was just like naked and dripping wet and had to run back to my cabin. Naked? Naked. <laughs> well, I'm gonna put my shitty clothes back on. Yeah. Um so then I had to run back to my cabin to get, like, soap and a towel because I didn't feel like I had showered properly. And then, like, went back and showered. It was like a, a whole... It took, like, hours, and I was awful. And then, at, like, four or five in the morning, I somehow crawled back up into my, my bunk and cried myself to sleep. And then in the morning, my, my bunkmate, Seth, he uh, woke, woke me up. He was like, wait. He was like, Joe, Joe, wake up. Joe, do you hear about the bear? <laughs> you hear about- <laughs> I was like, what? And I come outside and my entire, all my cab, my bunk, my cabin mates are like in a semicircle surrounding this giant pile of shit, <laughs> like poking it with a stick. <laughs> and they're like, a bear shit on our cabin. <laughs> and then uh, my counselor, who I think kind of knew what happened, yeah. was like, it must have been a tiny bear. <laughs> <laughs> Look Right, I mean.
0: So. And did you look at him with a knowing look and like say like Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, wait, did
7: Morgan Spurlock really leave? Yeah. I was gonna pitch a movie to him. <laughs> what was it? It's was, uh, it gonna be called uh, Circumcise Me. <laughs> <laughs> and he only eats foreskins for forty days. It's...
0: <laughs> but you know what's hilarious about that? Thought he'd be into wait, that. Wait a year, he'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, let's wait, do Wait, can
5: I just point out, this is like a bad joke, four Jews and a Mormon are sitting at yeah. a table. <laughs>
7: so, Joe... We'll, we'll, we'll all be Mormon eventually. Apparently. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Down the road...
5: I win. <laughs>
0: so, Joe, mm-hmm. what's, uh, you know, I mean, I, 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 I follow you on Twitter and it's always very exciting. I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're a shit starter and it's good. Yeah. Have you pissed anybody off lately?
7: Yeah, I got into a big Twitter fight with this NBA player <laughs> named, <laughs> uh, named Gilbert Arenas. He, uh, I wrote this thing on my blog. I had been following him for a while, and I'm, like, kind of obsessed with him. He's a maniac, and every day he would change his profile picture to, like, some, like, just dumb joke, like, these, like, JPEGs that have, like, bad, like, dirty T-shirt type jokes, Mm -hmm. and he would do that every day, and so then I wrote a blog, kind of, I just wrote a thing with, like, he's a maniac. Look at all these Twitter profile pictures, and then I, I wrote, like, why he, I thought he thought they were funny. Yeah basically calling him a huge misogynist psychopath and he found it and read it and then was like who's joe mandy uh and then he was like oh i was right he's a no talented comedian but he spelled right (laughs) w-r-i-t-e so then i was like you're 100 percent right w-r-i-t and then that started this whole like four hour thing
0: do do you uh do you ever get one upped by trolls because I like I find when I engage with he's not a troll but I mean I'm cl- like, close I don't know like a <laughs> goblin I don't know what I am yeah uh, but when you engage in that shit there's a rush to it though right you're like yeah, this is fucking awesome right and then you, you know then you get to a point where you're like oh my god I just look stupid for even doing this. I
7: don't really well I don't really engage with the people who do that to me oh you don't which is I don't know if that's hypocritical or what but like I had a guy who was uh, right he had a Anonymous Twitter account and was writing like really pointed criticisms of my comedy. And I'm, I'm sure if he was here tonight, because he clearly lives in New York, he would have been really mad at that. Because he's like, all you do is talk about shit, like you oh, all yeah. uh, you love shit and uh, like feces and. <laughs> that, that's. Um, and so he was doing that, and I always wanted to write back, but I was like, what am I gonna write back to this guy? And then uh, I started, but he had no followers, and he he was following me and me alone, and no followers. So then I started following him, right? <laughs> and then he stopped but then but he still had his like timeline up so it was just at Joe Mandy at Joe Mandy at Joe Mandy at Joe Mandy and then like and then a couple weeks went by and then he like wrote like a at reply to like some porn star like I really think you're pretty <laughs> and then um, and then I just favored I like favorited that <laughs> and then he like deleted his whole account so like I silently got rid of him you know <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Yeah. He didn't think you like were a real person that right. would engage yeah. with him.
7: Like I had enough time to monitor his <laughs> tweets to porn stars. Yeah, oh, that's I do. A,
0: such a great. <laughs> <laughs> Have you engaged any uh, politicians lately?
7: Yeah, I, I I write David Vitter all the time. My new thing is I follow Grover Norquist. Mm. You know, and, like, like, my thing is, like, I, I spend a lot of, way too much energy trying to come up with, like, witty things to write these people. But Grover Norquist, like, at least once a week, he'll, I'll just write him and I'll just say, like, suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because he only has, like, 10,000 followers. Like, I know he sees it. So yeah. it's just, like, once a week, I'm just, like, suck a dick. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, it's just for me, but I think it's fine. Nothing yet? Nothing? Mm-mm. He may have sucked a dick. I don't know. I don't have proof. <laughs>
0: But I mean do you, do you fight the urge to do something more pointed so you could engage him?
7: I, I'm like y i am like think these things take time and eventually <laughs> I think I will get
0: him to suck a <laughs> dick. So you're doing a lot of have you been like doing a lot of stand up? Where where are you at with that now? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a uh, stand-up. I'm doing conan soon. Really? Yeah. When That's is it? Uh, like a, next week, I think. It's, is that your first, like, big... Uh...
7: Yeah, it is. And I was supposed to... Actually, I was supposed to do it a while ago, and I was supposed to close with my Somalia joke. I think oh, yeah, I did yeah, that yeah. at the right, last... Yeah. That's like, great. The, yeah. And... Um, and so I was really excited to tell that joke, and then we had it all settled, and we were, I was going to get a date, and then I got the New York Times that morning, when everything was approved, and the cover was, like, the front page was this giant picture of a, a Somali baby, like, you know, and I, like, the worst, I was, like, my first instinct was just like, God, you've got to be fucking kidding me, you know? <laughs> really there goes that joke. Yeah, exactly. So then I gave money to the World Food Program, um, but I'm not doing that joke. I can't do that joke, and it's really upsetting.
0: And what'd you replace that with? Uh, my, my, my,
7: my shit's. No, I'm just kidding. A shit joke. Shitting at a summer camp.
0: So have you been like headlining or what? Yeah, I'm starting to headline And How does that bit. feel? Are you like, are you going out to just regular comedy clubs yeah, where people don't know I'm, you? Yeah, I'm doing like. Headlining. Are you fighting a good fight? I'm
7: trying. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm trying. <laughs> I feel like uh, sometimes it's just like, oh, you don't like me, you know? And it's like, oh, well, I'm here for another 40 minutes, so let's just figure this out. <laughs> That's uh, I I, so hear about my, I have really strong opinions about bagels. Want to <laughs> get into that? Yeah? No? Okay. Here we go.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's happened, that moment where you're like, oh, there's nothing I'm going to do to get these people, and yeah. now it's just going to be try- negotiation.
7: Yeah, and I'll and also, like, I'll just get we- I have a joke uh, comparing religions to movies, and I, I basically, uh, I call Judaism Fast and the Furious, and I call Christianity Too Fast, Too Furious. Because <laughs> they're like... Yeah. far less heavily from the original yeah. and um, but like in the sequel in the sequel you have Ludacris and I was like I love Ludacris I just don't think he's the son of God and that's nothing you know and then I'll be like because like when I watch Too Fast Too Furious I'm like he's not the son of God that's just Ludacris <laughs> that's just Ludacris and then it's kind of tense after that <laughs> you'll figure it out Joe Mandy ladies and gentlemen
0: oh this is the most powerful show ever ladies and gentlemen uh, a comic I've known for I think 20 years he's one of the funniest guys I know and I always love seeing him because he is more unhappy than I am and that's always the greatest intro for a comic please welcome Nick Griffin to the stage hello buddy
4: Good to see you. It's Thanks nice to see you, me. Nick. Hello, everybody. Is
0: we've: been, water? We've been doing this a long time.
4: Yeah, 25 years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I, I felt like you hated me for 23 of them. <laughs> that, did you really? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Really? Because well, we, we that's so weird, because I thought you hated me. I, got I, remember, I remember walking into clubs here in New York City, and <laughs> I, was always, I was always scowling because I was afraid. You know, I just was afraid. Yeah. And I'd see you scowling and be like, What the fuck? That guy's doing my thing.
0: <laughs> I always thought that you fucking hated me. That was one of the weirdest things when I finally talked to you where it had nothing to do with me. And no, I, and of
4: course not. It never does. That's yeah. Right.
0: But I literally like I always thought like, What the fuck is that guy's problem? <laughs> <laughs> And we
4: still haven't figured it out. I don't know. I don't know what my problem is.
0: Yeah? Have you, have you made any progress in uh, assessing it?
4: Yeah, I think I'm just afraid of everything and people. Mm. And, you know, I, I want everyone to like me. And so I, um, so I immediately hate them because I know they're not going to like me. And then, they, then, then they'll like me. And I'll, I'll hate myself for hating them previously, you know. <laughs> and this is all in the opening five minutes? Yeah, this it. is every show I do every night. So
0: um, yeah. Anything like monumental happen lately?
4: Nothing big has happened lately. I um, I uh, I'm single, and I, I was on the uh, subway the other day. It was a packed subway. I usually, I'm not out, you know, during rush hour or anything. But I was. I saw this beautiful girl on the subway. Have you ever had this happen where you see a beautiful girl on the subway and you want to say something? And, and it was great because I was like on the pole, and we were all packed in there, and she's on the pole, and we're looking at each other, and I'm thinking she's looking at me, and he's yeah. like. Couldn't help myself. I said, would you like to go out sometime? She's like, no. <laughs> and I had four more stops, you know, just just staring at her like this. <laughs> that was your opener? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course it was my opener. I don't know what stop she's getting off. People should have it on their shirt. I'm getting off at two stops or I'm getting off at Canal Street. If you want me, you know, say something quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I don't, what? I don't know what to say. I, it's, I, it's a series. You were all talking about humiliating experiences. Just that's that's a life, isn't it? It's just one after another after another. I feel,
0: I feel that way, you know. And it's hard. To, I don't know if it's really life for everybody, but it's mm-hmm. certainly how I view it. I actually get humiliated for other people. There are moments. Where where I'm walking down the street just on a regular day and people are walking around me and I have a tremendous feeling of like holy fuck it is not easy for anybody right look at this parade of sadness and it, <laughs> and, and it like, but 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 on some level like I think like it's true like if these people, and it, that, look at that smiling guy he's not going deep enough you, you know he's just. <laughs> Like, you'll see a few people, you're like, oh, my God, how can it be easy for that person? Like, they might as well be, like, you know, just sad monsters. Like, ah! <laughs> and then, like, I start to resent everybody for being so sad and bringing me down. And then I start to think, like, well, you know, you know, you got to take care of the monsters. And, and that's where I go with it.
4: Yeah, I, um, I'm i always shocked that so many of us ended up in comedy because we're so miserable in so many ways. And and, and I'm not kidding. And, and and not only that, but we're, like, not. Re- I, I didn't start out prepared it all to be a comic. Like, I was always afraid of people and, and I was always nervous and I used to uh, go number two in my pants all the time. Yay,
0: shit, shit theme, shit, I, big shit theme. Well, I'd Just heard them, that's right. Magic. Right. I said the but Magic
1: word.
4: Yeah. It was, I, w- I went to Catholic school and you couldn't go to the bathroom. Like, they, they didn't want you to go to the bathroom. They thought, you were going to be doing something there other than what you are supposed to be doing. And so there was a rule. You couldn't go to the bathroom. And I remember getting so nervous that I couldn't go to the bathroom. I would go to the bathroom in my pants. And I remember I went to my mom and I said, you know, you got to do something. So she sent me uh, to school with a note that said, um, Nick can go to the bathroom anytime he wants.
8: <laughs>
4: and I remember my friend grabbing it and reading it and going, Nick can go to the bathroom anytime he wants. What is that, like a talent or something? Is that what he- <laughs> Is that like if at the end of the day there's nothing to do, you know, nickel shit for you because he can go to the bathroom anytime he wants? I had that. I had that note till I. I mean, literally, I took it to school every year, <laughs> the beginning of the year to like eighth grade. So you would raise your hand. Yeah, and you'd I would walk I, up with and the and note. I, no, and I'd just go. I got to pass. I trump you, lady. So, you.
0: But you never. You were never married, right? Because I'm trying to remember. I. I
4: was. I was married. Yeah, like how would that go? <laughs> I was married. That uh, yeah, that well, I was married three years. Yeah, I have a joke that uh, I was married three years. We were supposed to be together until one of us died. I never even had a fever. <laughs> It was a very brief marriage. It didn't work out very well. And uh, I was crushed, though. I remember wanting to get out of it, and then I was crushed that it was over. And um, So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still recovering. Seven years later.
0: No, it takes forever, man. It does. And, and it takes it, forever. But I feel like you're internalizing it. You've got to you know, dump it on other people.
4: Well, I'd been talking about it in my act for years and years, but apparently it didn't hit home for some people. I <laughs> didn't remember that I was divorced. And, <laughs> Grieving for a decade about it. (laughs) Nothing, huh? Nothing, not a thing. Not a thing. Have you tried
0: emailing her? No, no, we haven't.
4: She, uh, I moved out. She said, uh, well, what happened is that I was not feeling well about the whole marriage. And I said, I got to move out for a while. And she said, well, if you move out, we're getting divorced. And I said, I got to move out. And, and so she went and got these divorce papers you can get in L.A. off the, off the Internet. You yeah. can just in here. And as a, you know, she kind of. Yeah. And I went. And then she filed them. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. And that and was now it? And I'm divorced. Yeah. And so I remember just thinking, why did I do that? So it's all, and I felt that way when I said, will you marry me, too? So the whole thing was just like a big. <laughs> I have found it. I this never just... felt great about any of it.
0: Just between us, like, occasionally, I, you know, and it's been years since, you know, uh, my wife left and everybody knows that, but I gotta be honest with you, like, not too long ago, sent an email. Did you really? Just wait, just wait, subject line, how you doing? <laughs> Body of email, everything good, Psh, sent it. And I thought, you know, I, I don't know why I did it. And then, like, uh, uh, about a month later, I went out and took a picture of the cactus garden she planted. <laughs> Fucking subject line. Remember this? It's doing good. Shit.
4: Sent it. Wow, this is horrible. <laughs>
8: also, Do you ever masturbate to your ex-wife? Cactus?
4: Never. Really?
0: I never masturbate to my ex-wife because, you know, frankly, whatever. I don't, um... I don't masturbate to my ex-wife, but I, you know, I've got some, I've got some in there that have been there for about 20 years. Some masturbation fantasies. Right, that come back and... Yeah, and, you know, but I don't ever the age place. them. Yeah, I, of course you know, not. You want them, how you remember them, you're, you're sort of like, well, I better update that to an age appropriate. <laughs> 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 that girl's much older now. You go to Facebook, it's right. like, yeah, you know, I'll keep the one that I had in high school. Right. I, a,
4: <laughs> do you masturbate to your ex-wife? I do, she had had great (laughs) legs she had great legs and I always I I, I just haven't I I remember having sex with her and sing the leg in a certain way and and, and, and that stuck and I haven't been able to get a leg in that to top it (laughs) (laughs) so that keeps coming back but uh, I think I
0: might like maybe there's been a couple fantasies where I masturbated at my ex-wife like yeah
4: (laughs) (laughs) what do you think of that? Where are we at now, huh? <laughs> You're way angrier than I am. <laughs> I
0: want you. I want it to come
4: out. You got to let it out, Nick. You got. I know. It. I know. I. I. I try. I, I'm. 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 I just. I. I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to get it out. I don't know how to keep it out. I, sometimes I get it out and then I take it back.
0: You know. Really? Before it gets too far away? Yeah.
4: Like, I go. Ah! <laughs> That's what define <to> means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh shit. Well, you suck that back in, then a tumor will grow inside of you with your wife's face on it.
4: (laughs) Uh, She she was a pretty woman.
0: (laughs) Let's bring out some real raging anger, ladies and gentlemen. Nick Griffin. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God! Is this amazing? I still, I still promise you one more special guest. But right now, I'm going to bring out an old friend of mine who I opened for. One of my first gigs doing comedy was for this guy. He uh, just had a Showtime special on, and uh, he's he's a fucking beautiful man. Nick DiPaolo, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that. Oh. Hi, Mark. How are you, Nick? How are you? Yeah, good to see you. Jesus, you're doing good. <laughs>
9: I'm a little fucking jealous. I should be happy for you, but I'm really not. I mean, you know, you're kind of funny, but what the fuck?
0: Do they paper the room here? These are nice people. They listen to me.
9: This is. Yeah. No, you're right. Because I'm sick of... I just came from a club in Michigan. Oh, how'd that go? Well, this is how it goes. (laughs) This is... This is what comedy audiences have turned into, the mainstream club. It's like a pack of 12 girls at one table trying to cheer up that one miserable fucking friend. (laughs) Ooh, Diane had a miscarriage. Let's take her to the funny bone. (laughs) I got to make some girl laugh who just left a zygote in the toilet at the low cineplex like eight hours before the show. And I'm trying to joke with her and she's not having any of it, you know? Was it a boy or a girl? I don't know. It was only six. Was it a boy or a girl?
0: A lot of people well, thought you were actually gonna be sensitive at the beginning of that. <laughs> <laughs> like it was like, oh, he's sensitive. <laughs> oh no, here we go. <laughs> I heard, tell me if this is true, this is a popular myth amongst the comedy circuit. Did you or did you not make a bridal party, a bachelorette party, bride to be cry in Sacramento? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs>
9: Sacramento and about eight other cities. <laughs> <laughs> really? Well, one of them, you know, they, they've, they trashed the fucking feature act, yeah. the guy before me. They ruined yeah. his show. Yeah. You know, I'm like, where's your fiance? And she's like, oh, he's canoeing or something. And I'm yeah. like, canoeing? That's what she said, canoeing yeah. in Canada. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's what they call eating whipped cream out of a stripper's asshole, canoeing. Yeah. She gets upset Like that's so fucking mean On that? Yeah No but then her friend Start saying Take off your clothes To me and shit. And, oh, I, shit and I go Shut the fuck up now And one of them Throws a beer at me Holy fuck So then I said To the bride-to-be With the stupid crown On her head With the dick Hanging off it That I I don't want to say Why are you
0: making me Repeat this This is gonna ruin The whole fucking show No it's not This is the This is the truth Of comedy
9: Well I, I just said "Help you find A lump in your armpit Tomorrow morning." <laughs> See, and, and then I got really mean but uh, Some about her baby dying and shit But uh, you know
0: Come on I can't, can't understand throw drink why she uh, cried I, I don't um, <laughs> She threw a fucking drink at you
9: But in all fairness And then I had to be escorted back to the hotel by two cops The whole room turned to me after I said that Even the guys are like You can't say that to her I'm like you defending this bitch Fuck you too and, and and it was a Friday night first show 250 people and when I finally you know they, they started filing out they're trying to get their money back and I played to 45 people and they so were the this is the 40 beginning f- of the show yes <laughs> and then I'm sitting there after that show there's a second show and I'm yeah. sort of hanging out in the back of the club as people are filing in yeah. and everybody that's coming in is going what happened the people in line said the headline's a fucking asshole you know? yeah. Yeah.
0: and how'd the second show go uh fine you yeah.
9: know it was fine but, the, but I still had to have a cop escort because there was guys in a pickup truck waiting for me oh on the my first show
0: God.
9: but Bobby Slayton got arrested at the club the week before so it's not me for, oh he did for what he got in a big brawl and he punched an off-duty cop that he didn't know was a cop <laughs> And he used the N word to some fucking <laughs> but um that was Slayton, you know. not me. Don't get all quiet at me, but uh, I gave up that shit after the Bachelorette fucking incident.
0: But uh, Do you know no. that like I actually that was the first one of the first gigs I did was with you at Captain, Captain Nick in a gunkwit, Maine. That's right. Around circa nineteen ninety. Was it like nineteen ninety?
9: And to give you an idea how my career's going, I'm playing that place next week. <laughs> okay. But it's Captain Bill's now, so you know, it's fucking do you remember doing you those fucking gigs? You were all nervous. You had, of course I was. Because it was your first gig back. You yeah. took some time off for alcohol issues or whatever. Yeah, well, I don't remember. Yeah, but, Self-esteem yeah. Jewish shit that I can understand. <laughs> and if I, all this fucking guilt. I'm like, why? You run the fucking media. What are you guilty oh, about? Oh, that? yeah. Mm. Oh, come
0: on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. this is like like meet the press in Yeah. <laughs>
9: Yes, we do, Nick. The, we run the you're media. The be- you're my favorite limb, though. You are. He's a funny bastard, isn't he? Seriously. I fucking hate every... I hate the rest of them, but he's truly funny and very fucking smart. And I don't I mean, say we, that We
0: him. all have meetings, and we talk about you every week. Your name, your picture comes up on the slides. you are like, yep, keep that guy down. He's just starting to get funny. <laughs> I don't drink anymore, either. Really? Yeah. Well, you were never a big boozer, were you?
9: Well... It which, got that way. I was just good at fucking hiding it, you know, but... Um,
0: what was the, uh, the the moment where you were uh, like...
9: Well, I, I got charged for sodomy to wine tasting. <laughs> you did not.
2: <laughs> I don't even yeah. know what that means. I don't
9: either, but it kills all over the country. <laughs> but... Uh... I almost got a DUI coming over in the comedy cellar last summer. I was shit-faced. Yeah. Had like 10 d- drinks of me. Hadn't eaten in like 12 hours. This is how fucked up it was. They had like both feet on the gas pedal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
8: Couldn't
9: even feel my feet. You know, like. <laughs> I'm in the left lane, West Side Highway, and there's a town car in front of me doing like 55. I'm doing like 155. I come right up on his ass, and I flash my lights. Just in time to see two blue lights in his back window as an unmarked car.
3: You were behind him.
9: Yes. And and this is why I love New York. This is what the cops said over the PA system. That's right, asshole, pull over. (laughs) That's a direct quote. (laughs) I'm like, this guy knows me, but... uh, but I got out of the ticket somehow. How'd you get that? Well,
0: he knew you? did no, he
9: know you? I don't know. I got out of the ticket. He even made me blow into that thing. What do you call the drunken? The, the head of his dick. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the ticket went right away. If you try this, ladies, it's like magic. Come on. Man. Uh, he couldn't get a good reading. I had to do it for like 45 minutes. But, uh, you didn't want me to do shtick up here. I, I do, know
1: of you.
0: course I
9: do. I was afraid to come here. I gotta be honest. I don't do I was whole... afraid for you to come here. I know. <laughs> You know, I just hear this whole hipster thing. I just had a, this image I was going to get here, and like Bob, you know, Bob Odenkirk and <laughs> David Cross are going to be playing hacky sack in the lobby or something. <laughs> and I fucking, I really did. And, <laughs> I'm
0: sure speaking Dave of hates funny... hacky sack as much as you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, why? Why are these lines drawn? We all came out together. We love you.
9: Yeah, well you don't fucking show it, but look. This show's just, been
0: on what? You've been doing this for what? 11 years this
9: podcast? <laughs> no, I tried to get you on 3 times. You did, but I had shit to do. I had to do I had to do, I had to do, I had to do bananas in Hasbro Heights and uh... All
0: right, let's talk about this if there's like a lot like a lot of people don't know that like Nick and I, st- we started in the late '80s. But you and uh, you used to be, wor- you worked with Barry Katz, and you and Louie and God knows who else shared that fucking apartment. Yeah, you were like Louis C.K.'s roommate. But it was this weird apartment that Barry Katz rent, just let comics stay there, and it was fucking weird p- nightmare, right?
9: Well, it was a nightmare. Uh- <laughs> I come home one night and Ed Regine, you guys don't know who he is. Let me explain.
0: Ed Regine was a, a regional act in New England who later got, I think, busted for turning back odometers on rental cars, or on cars he was selling. An Italian guy like it in his 60s. Right, in his 60s, he used to wear a wig and do Tina Turner. I mean, he was like, he was, he, he literally got into comedy to stay out of prison. All right, there you go. So I come back to
9: the apartment, which is a uh, one-room studio, about four feet what, by five it, like, feet. did like, bunk beds in Yeah, Ed bunk beds, <laughs> which turned out good in this story. Um, i come like on, Ed Regine's sitting on the couch with, like, a black prostitute, like 19 mm. years old. She yeah. looked like Whitney Houston in her prime. Yeah. And Ed's haggling with her, and Barry, <laughs> over money. So I come in. I'm in pretty good shape back then. I took my shirt off, climbed up in the loft, and they're fighting with my money. I go, get up here. She comes up here. They leave and I got laid for fucking twenty five dollars. <laughs> Imagine I spent twenty five. What the fuck were they asking? <laughs> I mean, I only spent twenty five. And she was gorgeous. She left crying though. I remember her leave. She left crying with her headphones on. That's all I
0: remember. Really? Did she cry during the blowjob? Because that's a Mormon thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh. Did See, I miss now something? the only thing that
0: happened here is like a, a, a lot of the people got a little uncomfortable with that story because they, they, they like hookers are not part of their general experience. What, here? Yeah, a little bit. You wouldn't bit. know
9: from the fucking neighborhood. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to know how to drive a forklift to live around here? I'm thinking, Jesus Christ. It's a fucking scary place. I was afraid to come down here. I'm thinking. Are you married now? You're married, right? Yeah, I'm fucking married. What else you want to talk about? <laughs> How's that going? It's actually going better than, you know, I'm supposed to... Sh- it's... it's f- my wife, I do... <laughs> <laughs> i got to rep you, you know. Well, but yeah, yeah. I, I, my yeah. wife's very insecure. I love her. She's good-looking. She's funny. She's smart. She's the most insecure woman you'll ever meet. I don't know why she's so insecure. I'll give you an example. Like, we'll be sitting on the couch tonight watching a movie late at night. Beautiful actress will come on the screen, so I'll start jerking off, right? <laughs> And she gets furious. Like it's my fault Tyne Daly still looks good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that,
6: oh, yeah.
9: That's why I love this crowd. <laughs> if I'm at the funny bone, I say Betty White to dumb it down and they fucking laugh her ass off. But I but I went with a dikey chick and it killed her in Hipsterville.
0: <laughs> you're applauding you're applauding my audience for knowing who Tyne Daly yes, is. Yes. <laughs> that's
9: seriously. They're not gonna get that at the funny bone in Nebraska. Ooh, Tyne <laughs> Daly, Is that a black guy? Yeah, yeah, this is awesome, man. You actually, actually happy so for you.
0: much happier than you used to. It's so good. I didn't know it was going well, to happen. It's the
9: wife. We, we get along
0: pretty good. She's you mellowing a little bit. Yeah, it's the special was great. And you, uh, I don't know if is it still on Showtime. Where are we at with that? Oh the fuck oh, no! Fuck. It's like I did it in a vacuum.
9: Nobody's seen the fucking thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ! My parents called and some like strong middle they fucking. <laughs> open for me in Arizona <laughs> what do you mean they, they, this is why I'm doing your show though I, I, when, when the album came out Raw Nerve by the way iTunes and Amazon I, it was like number four for like two weeks and yeah. I kept checking it every night yeah. and I kept seeing your fucking face in a WTF and I'm like what the fuck is he doing this guy
0: <laughs> maybe I should talk to Mark now yeah so I never felt like we had any tension ever you didn't not really <laughs> No, like I said,
9: I can hide that shit, but... Um, we, no, had we, our, we had we our didn't. political
0: problems, but that, those aren't real problems. No, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, Come it's going to go how it's going to go, right?
4: Exactly.
9: Can't wait.
0: <laughs> Come on, even you guys got to make it. You don't even like this fucking... Oh, Come here
9: on, we go. You don't even like him, please. Mm-hmm. The, the guy's overqualified to be president.
0: <laughs> that
8: See, would. that was a
9: nice way of saying that.
0: Yeah, that was <laughs> nice. I, I think maybe we should leave it there. Okay. And bring out, uh, you, want to, you guys, you want to bring him out?
9: Yeah, well, uh, my latest adventure, since I, I'm not doing a podcast, I, was, uh, I, I don't have the
0: patience. You've been doing you can, this for a few you years. You can make it a podcast after you do oh, it. Go ahead, that. set I'm, it up.
9: I'm going right to radio. I don't have time
0: for this shit. And who yeah. are you doing the show with?
9: Uh, this guy you might have heard. He's been in a lot of B movies, but he's uh, known for his, uh, you know, he's a sidekick on Howard Stern. Give it up for Mr. Artie Lang, ladies and gentlemen.
3: Artie Lang! What's up? Here, Nick. Wow, everybody was about to leave. That was (laughs) was a respect. How fucking good does Artie look? How fucking good does he look? Boy, the the lighting must suck in this place. (laughs) Thank you, though. That was very nice. Everybody leaving. It's like the respect George Gobel used to get (laughs) on I'm the Tonight Show. You look fucking great,
0: though. You look clear-eyed. You're a little spelt. You got color in your face.
3: Uh, yeah, it's the first time I've had colors since the late '70s. <laughs> I started drinking in a dark kitchen in, in 1981 and didn't come out. <laughs> but now I feel good. I'm sober. I went to rehab and a couple of psych wards, and you know, I got a tan. The psych ward? What the hell was that like? That was fantastic. <laughs> I'll tell you, you haven't lived till you've played Scrabble in a psych ward. I played, so this is a true story, I played Scrabble in a psych ward. Here's the Scrabble game, it's me, which already makes it a shitty Scrabble game. <laughs> yeah. And an 80-pound girl who was a crystal meth addict. And,
5: and, yeah. By
3: the way, I learned this in rehab, crystal meth is a good drug if you need to walk to St. Louis one weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a 400 pound schizophrenic guy who was on Thorazine and methadone, but he didn't get his medication yet. Yeah. Right? So that's the scrabble. <laughs> so the Thorazine 400 pound guy goes last, and when it gets to be his turn, there's an open G. Yeah. <laughs> And all he does is put an M and an R next to the G. Yeah. So it just says GMR. Yeah. Now I'm scared shit of this guy, so I go, "Great word, let's fucking add that up." <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is fantastic. Let's just add that up. You know, gee, what, what is the M of three? That's a double letter. Word. And and the the eighty pound chick she's pissed she goes that's not a word Yeah, this is her cause to fight you know? yeah, yeah. I'm like hitting her under the table it's a fucking word it's a fucking word <laughs> yeah. I'm like sweetie we're in a psych ward playing Scrabble life is over let's just fucking let's just go with it GMR's a word she goes it's not a word and he goes yes it is and she goes "What's it a... what kind of word is that he goes it's an abbreviation <laughs> and she says for what and he goes game room <laughs> and if you think about it GMR might be the abbreviation for game room he could be right you know so again I'm scared shit of this guy so I go great let's add that up what do we got (laughs) That was Let, the- let's add it up and she goes abbreviations aren't allowed she's screaming I'm, this is the fight I'm in the middle of yeah. and uh, he goes yes they are she goes no they're not and he goes well you're not a genius like I am yeah. and uh, he goes to punch her in the face so I, I get in between them and I save the woman's life I, I, I'm pretty sure I saved her life yeah uh, I it would yeah, have been like a... Mayweather Ortiz. I don't think she had a shot. <laughs> uh, and uh, whether she was looking or not, and um, uh, and, and and I, I saved the woman's life, which, you know, I, I'm a little ambivalent about because it it's a, I don't know if it's a great plus to the planet. Or <laughs> <laughs> she's probably, she's probably fucking a cat on Christie Street right now, there, <laughs> arguing with an ATM on Broadway about something. Like that. <laughs> uh, How long were you over there? I was in a psych ward for a month and a half.
0: After Uh, the thing?
3: After, yeah. I had had a couple little issues that I had to deal
5: with.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I was doing drugs at an incredible pace. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I... uh, it was hurting every aspect of my life. I was, I was going on dating sites to try to get dates, you know? Yeah. And they ask you questions on those sites, like you're gonna be honest, you know, a guy like me. like One of the questions was, what's the worst thing you've ever done? <laughs> like, I'm gonna get a lot of dates being honest with that question. What's the worst thing I've ever done? Once I uh, kidnapped a baby and traded it for angel dust. <laughs> what are you doing Friday night? <laughs> want to go to Ruby Tuesdays and get some mozzarella sticks or something so I was in trouble man I've been to hell and back man I, I really have I mean it's uh but I feel good, and I went to rehab for three months, the psych ward. Where'd they send, where'd they send you for the rehab? I went to rehab down to Fl- in Florida uh, in the summer, which is fantastic down there. In the, side of the That's how I got the tan <laughs> and melanoma. Yeah. But uh, When you're in rehab, though, there are people like, you know, Artie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it is uh, that's, Artie's that's, here. That's always great. A guy came up to me who was a cop yeah. and said, I have your book. If I get my wife to send me your book, will you sign it for me?" And he goes, I know this is breaking anonymity, but uh, will you sign the book for me? And I'm like, yeah. So there was a public phone and you could just hear everyone who was on the phone, so I walk by the phone and I hear the guy screaming at his wife, he goes, just send me Audie Lang's book! I can't tell you why! (laughs) So I signed it for him. It was very nice. I went to rehab with a friend of mine, this kid, um, Anthony. My favorite rehab story this guy has is um, one time, we're 22 years old, right? Yeah. And I'm in the passenger seat of a car, and he's in the front seat, and there's three guys in the back, and we're all smoking weed and drinking. And he decides it would be funny to start steering the car with his head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So he starts steering the car with his head and we're driving down a main drag in Elizabeth, New Jersey, like on a Tuesday afternoon. Thank you. And uh, and he goes, look, guys, I'm steering the car with my fucking head. And we're all high going... Ha, 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 ha. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. And he goes, look, I'm steering the car with my head and we're like... Ha, ha. That's hilarious. But the problem is he did it like a little too long. Yeah. And he... He somehow wriggled his head into the wheel. like So it was, it was stuck between the horn and the wheel. So now he's high on weed and drunk and stuck in the steering wheel of a moving car. So he starts to freak out, and he goes, Ah! Ah! And we all think he's still fucking around cuz we're high. And we go, <laughs> "Now he's screaming <laughs> and steering the car with his head." <laughs> he's a comedic genius. <laughs> so after a couple of minutes he he drives through a bakery window, okay? <laughs> this really happened. He drives through a bakery window. Now nobody got hurt, thank uh. God, but when the cops got there, they didn't want him to lose his buzz before they got him out of the wheel. Yeah. So as they're cutting him out of the wheel, they give him his sobriety test. <laughs> so, so he's like this. And the cop goes, uh, sir, do you know your ABCs? And he's like, yeah. And the cop goes, say And he goes, A, B, C. Just fucking arrest me, man.
0: And they did, right? And they arrested him, yeah. and, uh, So what are you doing for fun now?
3: Uh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what fun is anymore. I like the. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I you know. Again, I, I, I'm trying to exercise. That's not going that well. I. I uh, Are you smoking? I, I smoke a ton of cigarettes. Yeah. yeah I'm pissed off that Marlboro stopped giving out those miles, man. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'd, I'd have enough for a kayak But, uh... <laughs>
0: What are you doing for exercise?
3: Uh, I, I, well, uh, to exercise. I like playing basketball, but yeah. it, it's tough playing basketball with these twenty-four-year-old kids nowadays. Cause, like, the, you no one just plays anymore. They all like run plays like they're the goddamn <laughs> Knicks, you know? Like, <laughs> like a twenty, you're guarding a twenty-two-year-old and he tells, them, let's high pick and roll, run a high <laughs> pick and roll, three, four. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I'm like, we a Ramon shirt. I don't know what a high pick and roll. Is. You're all getting mad at me that I can't run a high pick and roll. We're in a fucking game on the playground. It's like, you know, I just had a chicken cutlet. I'm not running a high pick. So what's the
0: show that you and Nick are doing?
3: Me and Nick are going to do a sports entertainment comedy type show. Uh, that uh, is going to be fun. It's like a national network show. Nick and I have been wanting to do... W- w- Nick and I, you'll appreciate this. Nick and I were coming back from a gig in Buffalo once. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, Nick loves telling this story about the... W- we were in Buffalo, and we looked at the real estate section of the paper. <laughs> <laughs> like, what you can get a house for. <laughs> like, what what is like, it?
9: One house is like 14 rooms, <laughs> three Mexican maids, indoor pool, five tennis courts, 11,500. <laughs>
3: where you can get an indoor above ground pool. I guess one of those <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so we're like at the Hampton Inn we just call each other and go, why don't we just buy eleven houses here and see if something works out. <laughs> We're com- this had to be like Eight years ago We're coming back From the gig On one of those planes Where it's so small Like my head couldn't fit Under the oven <laughs> yeah, Those are so hard my- right <laughs> So my head's at like A 45 degree angle And Nick just says Fuck it all right Let's just open a pizzeria <laughs> I make a good gravy And you know? I'm like All right And uh, so since then We've wanted to work together And now we can do a radio We're going to do a radio show Starting in the next couple Of weeks together Nationally syndicated Nationally syndicated Yeah nationally yeah. Syndicated, yeah. Right? yeah i I filled in for
9: Dan Patrick a couple times. Yeah. And it's, you know, I I have my little radio show in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The right wing shit doesn't fly here in Manhattan. So (laughs) (laughs) it's easy to talk about, you know. But we're going to do very limited sports because I know you, you know, I can see your crowds drooling over a sports fucking show right here. But, uh, you know, it's like sports at our convenience because it's a 10 o'clock at night show, so by the time 10 p.m. rolls around, you've heard about everything. So it's not X's and O's.
0: It's just going to be you guys sitting around talking. Yeah, and I'll
9: I'll stare it into race. stuff. (laughs) maybe you can launch from the sports into race well yeah (laughs) sports is a microcosm of society it really is no it is that's the shit we're gonna talk about we're not talking X's and O's so
3: you might be I used to be a degenerate gambler too which is why I dress like this but I I... so I don't do that anymore because that's what we call a trigger you know uh... (laughs) so fun betting all the money you have in the world and not doing coke watching the game (laughs) What fun would that be, man? No, no fun. You gotta layer that shit, yeah, man. So you gotta layer it. Yeah. <laughs> Layer's the perfect word. And uh, but but because of the the gambling thing, I know a lot about sports and so does Nick, so it should be a fun show. I think we're gonna have a good time. Well, oh, I'm
0: so happy you're fucking healthy I'm and, here, alive. Man, I'm alive, and alive. And you know brother. and it was great to see you. Thanks, Mark. Artie Lang, Nick DePaolo, Nick you. Griffin, Joe Mandy, Elna Baker, Ira Glass. Wayne Kostenbaum, Morgan Spurlock. What a fucking amazing show. I really appreciate you coming out. Thank you for listening to WTF. You're a great audience. Kick on that music.